Welcome everyone to our weekly discussion podcast. My name is Pastor Kyle. <laughs> I'm Pastor Holly. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Thanks for being here. We are uh, uh, Pastor Holly. We're uh, we're going to talk about uh, today. Uh, we're, we're still in our Philippians yeah. uh, series, talking about joy. Uh, it's the third week of it. Although I don't know, for so. me, it feels like it's been more than three weeks. Feels like long. I don't know. It's kind of weird. Yeah, to me. it kind of does because we did summer psalms before this, yep. and that feels like it wrapped up a long time ago. It, it does. Yeah, but it wasn't that long ago, and so yeah. Anyway, we hope you're liking these series. Uh, it's uh, it's been good ones. Philippians is one of my favorite books. Mm-hmm. In fact, what we're talking about today is probably it's probably both Pastor Holly the most well known part of the book of Philippians. Yeah, but also it is one that I think just means a lot to me because. Uh, it was a formative part of my junior high and senior high years. This oh, is the part cool. that chapter two, the beginning of chapter two, this is the part that I worked hard to memorize when I was in junior high. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you've yeah. memorized large sections of this. I, yeah, I love it. I think we, you know we think of Philippians as the the book of joy or the book about joy, and that's yeah. what the series is about. And this is kind of the this is the heart of that. Yes, it is the heart of that. In fact. Couple of cool things about this passage is that it's a it's a hymn, it's a song, uh, it's a about Jesus. So it's a Christological fancy word. There yeah, you go. Uh, it's a Christological hymn. Talks about uh, who Jesus is and what he did for us, what he did in the world, how he operated, and how he yeah. acted. So, so it's it's really cool. I love uh, that Paul just throws a hymn into the middle of his letter. Right? That's just that's just cool. It's so cool. I I, I wonder. I should I. I'm I'm guessing this information is out there. I don't know though. I should before I even say this. Now I'm should I should I should have looked before I even <laughs> said this. Uh, but if it was an existing song that the church already knew, or if it was one that you know oh. uh, that was uh, maybe they're the Philippians at least are experiencing the first time as they read this letter. I don't know. So the question here is: Was Paul a songwriter? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah. also in prison, like in prison, which is kind of crazy. That's. What a terrible place to like try to write a song. Yeah. But I suppose it's if you need like that could be something that's really keeping you going. I mean, he had lots of time. Yeah. So <laughs> he's like picking up rocks. He's like <laughs> banging rocks Making, together. He's like, yeah, this could be a cool beat. His chains become like a tambourine. Yeah. Yeah. See, yeah totally. I could see it. Yeah. Paul beatboxing in the, <laughs> in the, he could have. I mean, come on. See, Paul's way ahead of his time. I want to hear this hymn. Beatbox. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wonder if he keep. I wish he would have like written out the the rhythm of yes. his beatboxing in the letter. Here, here's a song I wrote, and it goes like this. <laughs> you know, Paul made it out of prison a couple times in some pretty remarkable <laughs> ways, and I'm wondering if one of them was the guards <laughs> being like, "Get this guy out Get of him here!" Out. He keeps banging rocks together and it's making so, weird noises with his mouth. He can't sing. He thinks he can. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, "Fine, whatever. I'll believe him. Whatever you say. Just stop <laughs> singing." It's a new, a new evangelistic tactic. Yeah, yeah, and, and a new take on scripture. That is, yeah, not vetted. By the way, not vetted. <laughs> not at all. 
Oh, so fun. Well, so today we're gonna we're still talking about the uh, the idea of joy in the book of Philippians, and it's been a lot of fun these last couple of weeks talking about foundations for joy in the first week, and then last week we talked about the idea that you can actually experience joy yeah. even in the context of suffering. Yes. Uh, and those are all uh, hopefully have been really formative uh, for understanding that kind of deeper, more meaningful biblical idea of joy. I don't know why I just was I said biblical, but like lowered my my intonation. Biblical. It's such a it's a very serious word. <laughs> yeah, it's very serious. You move to your pastor voice. Oh wow! Sorry everyone. <laughs> like just getting distracted all over the place today. Uh, so today we I want to talk. We're kind of moving our conversation forward a little bit. Uh, from more idea-based, like the past couple of weeks, we've talked kind of larger conceptually about, or in larger ways conceptually about the idea of joy. Today, we want to talk uh, together about a vehicle for experiencing joy, yes. a practical habit behavior in our life that we can have, that if we do this, we will have that experience of joy. I think this is so important because I think this is where we sometimes get hung up on the the differences between joy and and happiness because yeah. we know what to do to feel happiness. Like there are things to right. do that might make us feel temporarily or or even genuinely yep. happy, and we know how to pursue those. But yeah. joy can kind of feel like this ephemeral kind of. How do you do that? Yeah. So I appreciate the the practical advice here. That's Pastor Holly. It's such a great uh, uh, differentiation. Uh, and you'll understand more when when we get to the topic itself. But like you can find you can find happiness in like watching a Netflix show, right. like your favorite yeah. show, uh, whether by yourself or with your your spouse or or whatever. Uh, but that's not the kind of joy that we're talking about. Right. We're kind of we're talking about that deep inward sense of joy that comes from God's Spirit that never leaves you. You think about this particular situation, maybe like I've got one in mind. I'll share in a bit uh, that. Uh, always brings me this deep-seated seated experience of joy. Oh, yeah. Wow. Uh, so the vehicle we're talking about today is the idea of humility, uh, that the practice of humility in our lives is a vehicle for joy. It is a way that we can experience joy, which can be this idea of humility and its connectedness to joy sometimes doesn't make a lot of sense to us, maybe surface level or even in the context of our own culture. Right, yeah, we don't necessarily connect the two. I think we might think of humility as going along with goodness and gentleness and so forth, but I don't know that that um, we usually think of it in the context of joy. Right. Uh, I think, you know, part of this understanding of how humility is a vehicle for joy is that um, hu humility kind of places us in the right posture and position in relationship to God and other people, Uh and in doing so, we get this experience of joy. If we do it right, <laughs> yeah. uh, then, then it really does work both for the giver and receiver of these kind of these acts of humility to experience life the way that God intended it. Uh, so let's talk about the definition of humility first, which yeah. we were kind of having a little bit of fun before this recording. And as I was uh, putting the message together this past week, thinking about this, most definitions of humility uh, are stated in, in, in self-referential ways. Yes, absolutely. So I'm, uh, yeah, thinking about ourselves. And yeah. I I, it's, it's, am, it's so ironic. It is so ironic. You're right, because, yeah, how do we say things like that? Like, I don't even 
I am humble. Right. <laughs> right? Like, exactly. I mean, that's, you know, if you talk to anyone, pastors or anyone, you read commentaries, yeah. you know, that they probably will reference something like this. Yeah. Which is that most definitions of humility have uh, are centered on the self, which just is hilarious. It's ironic uh, because, um, you know, the... Ultimately, it defeats the purpose of the idea of of humility, right? So you like, like you know, I, I said in the message, you know, uh, I've been working really hard on this for a while, and I'm finally selfless, <laughs> <laughs> finally humble. I actually had a guy who came to me uh, again. Sorry, I'm repeating a lot of the stuff that was from the message, but um, I had a guy who came up to me one day when I was teaching a class on uh, the New Testament, and he he was an older guy. And he came up to me and he said, Pastor Kyle, I want you to know I'm completely sanctified. I haven't sinned in like 50 years. And if you need any help teaching on things like humility, I'd love to help. <laughs> <laughs> was, he, was he serious? He was serious. Wow. I didn't know what to say. I was like, uh, th- that's, thank you. That's amazing. I think we're that's, good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You go stay in your sanctified, humble spot there and right we'll just look at you yes <laughs> yes <laughs> you just wow. just go over there and beam yeah. and glow. <laughs> uh, wow so, so maybe that uh gentleman may have may he may have missed something yes absolutely yeah. oftentimes when you're talking about the definition of humility um it can be helpful to try to understand its opposite because yes. sometimes when you're trying to understand a concept or a word uh, that might be hard to define. Understanding or defining its opposite might help you understand what that word or concept is itself. Yeah, absolutely. It's not only the 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 what not to do, but um, just shows us where. Well, it's just the opposite. Yeah. Are, are our hearts and uh, lives filled with this? vice really or yeah. uh, or with this goodness. Right. And so often when you talk about uh, when you ask the question what is the opposite of humility? Yeah. Uh what do most people say? Pastor I mean Allen? we would, we think about pride, pride. right? Yeah. You're either a humble person or a proud person, an arrogant person. Yeah, I think typically that's the response that that I hear that you see most of the time in different uh, commentaries or or written material about pride and that's where I love the passage that we're looking at yeah. today is really helpful because it 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 maybe addresses a, a particular aspect of pride, but it helps us think about the opposite of humility in a in a very in a maybe a different way, yeah. which can be really really fun. So I'm going to read. We're looking at uh, Philippians two verses one through eleven. Uh, I don't. I'm not going to read the whole thing, at least not right now. I'll read the first uh, couple of of sections of it, which would be helpful for us. Uh, is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? He starts. Any comfort from his love? Any fellowship from in, together in the spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another and working together with one mind and one purpose. And then he says this. This is the kind of the key passage we're looking at for this week. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't Look only for your out for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. And we're going to stop there. We'll talk about what Jesus did in just a moment. Uh, and so one of the things I like about the passage for today and how it helps us understand humility, which is that Paul is essentially saying that uh, in this passage, the opposite of humility is selfishness. Selfishness. Isn't that interesting? That's really not the the direction we normally go but right. there's just a really 
really clear juxtaposition. Don't be selfish, be humble. Right. Don't be selfish, but be humble. Yeah. And I love because there I love the way that these are both kind of uh for Paul, kind of these action oriented ideas. Mm-hmm how you behave, how you live out, how you treat other people. Yeah. And I think that's a primary aspect of humility. Humility is is more than just, you, you might think of humility as, yeah, thinking less of yourself yeah. or thinking of yourself less. That's right. what you hear often. Yeah. Right? But uh, Paul is making the case that humility is not just that. Um, and I think those things are only correct in the, in the, in the sense of you're putting yourself in the right relational context before God. Mm-hmm. Uh, God, you know, God is kind of the the primary de- definer and identifier of who we are, His character and His nature. That we're yeah. we're daughters and sons of the King of of God, and so in that sense, it's prideful to say, "I don't need you. I've got it. I'm right. my, I can define myself. Right. All of that kind of stuff. That that's pride breaking down that relationship in the right way. Yeah. There's a sense that humility is saying, "Okay, God, you are on the throne of my heart and life." You are the primary part. You are how I define myself uh, and all of that kind of stuff. But there's another aspect to pride uh, or there's another ac- aspect to that here, to this idea of humility, which is treating other people, <laughs> lifting them up, treating them well, and how you think about them, how you love them. Yes. Uh, are you concerned with them? Uh, so there's this really kind of cool action-oriented otherness to the idea of humility yes. that we really need to get. So important. And I what strikes me here is that this is um, a really bold and constant theme throughout all of Scripture. Like if yes. we were to to survey the entire Bible and look at the, um, the instructions or the guidance that has to do with uh, our own building ourselves up, or seeking uh, our own good versus looking out for the interests of others, yeah. lifting others up, um, thinking more highly of others. I mean, there's just yes. there's no comparison. There's virtually nothing on the take care of yourself side. Right. <laughs> uh, and the, all of Scripture is yeah. about caring for others uh, and loving as Jesus did. Oh, yeah, we see it constantly in Jesus's life. Yeah. Uh, him taking care of others or or having that concern or healing and transforming uh, in so many different ways. Yeah. Uh, feeding, taking care of. I mean, he gives us this kind of example over and over again. In just a moment, we'll see Paul has a mic drop moment here yeah. in this passage. <laughs> I love it. Uh, but think about this. So, uh, I read this earlier this week that pride exhibits uh, itself in a hyper-dependence on human abilities, okay? That's pride, that we're hyper-dependent on our own human abilities. Selfishness, then, uh, what Paul's talking about in this passage, is a hyper-focus on using those abilities to satisfy our own desires over and above any other person. So selfishness is kind of a version of pride. Yeah. (laughs) And that we put ourselves in the most important role in our thinking and in our actions, and uh, we're using other people to get what we want, or yeah. or getting what we or trying to get manipulate the situation, taking advantage of any number of things to get our desires, or even using people to do that too. Right. I think where selfishness selfishness I'm going to get that word right yeah. becomes really insidious here is that it, uh, as you said, it can. Take it can be a form of pride, but it doesn't necessarily look like pride to us. It doesn't look like yes. arrogance, at least not in the way that we in our 
uh, culture, particularly in Western culture, not in the way that we recognize it, right? right? In fact, a lot of the aspects of selfishness are praised yes. in our culture because we see them as um, ambition or competitiveness or drive or what have you that uh, those things are actually valued yes. in our society. Especially when you get to the your goal of getting that promotion or yeah. or, or whatever. And often it takes, uh, especially in the cult, in, cult, in a very cultural ways of doing it takes of doing that it takes selfishness and using people to get to that point but once you're there people look and be like oh look at that like that's he's he or she is in that great position yeah making all this money i want to be like that but they don't see all of that selfishness and using manipulating right um, people in situations that it took to get there and so or even it's often praised in a worse scenario they might and and then determine that it's worth it because of what they're, because of the end result. Right. Yeah. And so we're talking about all of this because we're trying to understand the idea of humility over and against this idea of selfishness and pride. Because if we live into the example of humility that uh, we see Jesus doing here, it creates a joy that is relentless. Uh, Not just a happy feeling based on a particular circumstance or promotion or whatever, but uh, it's this joy. So Paul has this mic drop moment about the idea of humility. Uh, he talks after he's saying, don't be selfish, be humble, have the same mind as that of Jesus Christ. Here's his his mic drop moment. We call it a humble brag. Yeah. And he doesn't just like, I love, he doesn't just go for like a, a nice example in his own life. No. He like goes to the extreme immediately. Oh yeah. He's <laughs> pulling out the big guns here. Yeah. yeah. He, like the biggest guns. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, He, being Jesus, he writes, had equal status with God, but didn't think so much of himself that he had to cling on to the advantages of that status no matter what. Yeah. I mean, just that first sentence, it's like, whoa, not at all. Jesus didn't think so much of himself. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) He had God status, right? Right. (laughs) He had the rights and privileges of deity. Uh, And he set that aside. Yeah. For our sake. Right. Right? And then it says, when the time came, he set that aside. He set aside the privileges of deity and took on the status of a slave, and he became human. Then he said, having become human, he stayed human. It was incre- it was an incredibly humbling process. I love how <laughs> that is put. It's very understated. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very understated. Good job, Paul. Uh, he didn't claim special privileges. Instead, he lived a selfless, obedient life and then died a selfless, obedient death and the worst mm-hmm. kind of death at that a crucifixion. Wow. That's the example that Paul gives about humility. Don't be selfish. Live like this. Right. It's not, <laughs> this is not an incremental, let's tone it down a little yeah. bit, guys. <laughs> That's so good. It's, it's everything. It's everything. I, that, yes. So, uh, so humility yeah. is a vehicle for joy uh, when we sacrificially set aside maybe things that we think are our privileges. We sacrificially do something to care for and lift up someone else. Yes. Yes. The way I see this is that in humility and caring for others and lifting others up, when we take that focus off of ourselves uh, and our own good and our own ambition, um, I mean, <laughs> let's if we look at ourselves for a second here, we're awfully small yes. and our lives are awfully limited. Why would we focus 
on that when the immensity of the kingdom of God is the alternative. Yes. Like the freedom that would that comes from taking our focus off of ourselves. Yeah. Then, then suddenly then we're free to do everything else. Yeah, right. right. Be- yes. So we had this conversation a little bit earlier. This might be a little bit out of place because we're now kind of talking about what Jesus did for us. But yeah. I think about this idea when in selfishness uh, shapes the way we see things, shapes the way that we perceive other people. It takes all the possibility of God's intention for that yes. person and I like to think about this, we call it, I mean, you, you, you'll you read this idea as holy imagination, mm-hmm. H-O-L-Y, Yeah. holy imagination, uh, all the possibility that God might have for the life of someone, Yeah. And, and that power that God uses for transformation and redemption and renewal. Selfishness takes the that possibility and intention and turns it in on ourself. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. How limiting. How limiting. And it's like, are you kidding? Uh, and and humility uh, does the opposite. It shapes the way we see things. Uh, it creates love that abounds in yeah. our experience yeah. and the experience of other people because God is free uh, to to do what He He wants and can and transform in ways that we can't ever imagine. Right. Yeah. Uh, and so, a humility in the way of Jesus can truly can truly form love in us and and make us make us whole and in God's power bring true and lasting joy yes. not only to our lives but to people around us. Right. This is this is what the posture of, of of true humility does. That's amazing. And isn't that really um a very clear signpost of joy too that it's not the joy that we experience is not limited to us but it naturally will radiate and touch those around us as well. Yes, absolutely. Uh this is the story I was I had mentioned earlier uh when Christine and I were first married a couple years into being married we worked at a church down in, in Oregon and on staff was a really young pastor who had just started his, his pastoral journey yeah. uh uh barely barely making ends meet i think he had multiple jobs mm-hmm. and we loved this guy and yeah. so uh Christine and i were just you know we weren't making much either but we really wanted to do what something to to help this young pastor yeah. on staff and so Every once in a while, even though we couldn't really afford it, uh, we would put a couple hundred dollars in a in a uh, uh, anonymous envelope, and we would put it in his box oh, wow. at church. He didn't ever know that it came from us. Yeah. Uh, but I can't tell you so many times uh, he would come and tell me he's like, I don't know who keeps giving me money, oh. but he's like, it helped me. I didn't. I wasn't going to be able to pay rent this month. Wow. Or, you know, like he needed it for food. And it was a sacrifice on our yes. part. Yeah. But I can still, like, I still have that same experience yeah. of deep-seated joy. Because yeah. even though that was hard for us, uh, I, I just, we wanted to help take care of him. Yeah. And he Amazing. had this experience of joy, feeling loved and cared for. He could provide for himself. I yes. mean, so... That's just one small example. I know we have so many people in our church family that have done so many things like oh, yeah. this. Uh, and I'm sure those of you who are listening uh, can think of some of those. Maybe some of you have done that kind of thing. But that's the kind of joy. That's not just happiness that's fleeting. That's joy that lasts. I mean, that was like 20 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And you had that opportunity ago. because you were looking for and you really saw the person in front of you. And yeah. and you can only do that if you're looking out, right? right. And here you are decades later still with the the joy of that experience. That's yeah, yeah, it still makes a difference. And all of this is for 
God's glory, yes. not for our own, but right. for God's glory and what he can do in the lives of people. And this is how Paul ends his whole, the whole passage. I love this. Um, so he talks about Jesus humbling himself, dying a criminal's death. And then he says, and therefore, because of the way that Jesus lived in this humility, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God, the father. Mm. Just beautiful passage. Yeah. Uh, so this is a lot to think about. We we were talking about this. Is a, these are a lot of like uh, mental mental jumps to think about how one relates to the other. Yes, and how to connect hu- the dots. Humility is a vehicle for joy, but hopefully this discussion is helpful. So we, I guess we just want to leave you this week by asking yourself a couple of questions. Uh, what does humility in your life look like? How are you treating the people around you? Uh, are you seeing the potential of God in the other person? And are you doing what you can to lift others up? Yeah. Or uh, do you need to reorient some of your thoughts and actions? Maybe this is like a great moment for the Holy Spirit to just say, you know what? Maybe maybe you're being a little bit uh, uh, selfish Maybe here. a little selfish. Yeah. Yes. I think this is another uh, one of those opportunities where when we ask God to to show us opportunities to practice humility, he is faithful to provide those opportunities. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> Good luck.